The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the Retro Network proudly presents to you, in association with the House Show Crew, a little morsel for your Monday. Answering all the questions that you send our way. So no more lollygagging, let's take on the day. Welcome to the running. Welcome to the running. Welcome, everyone, to your Monday morning coffee. It is I, as always, Mr. Maddie Treats. And this is the inception of wrestling podcasts because this is the run-in, which is presented by The House Show, which is presented by The Retro Network, which is presented by Fun.com. Click the link in the show notes. Save 15% off one item for Fun.com. You know, we got a few days till Christmas. Uh, They still got some stock in there. They got some good stuff in there. So uh, order it. You probably won't get it before Christmas, but it's a nice little treat afterwards. You you know, you'll probably be disappointed by what you receive on Christmas that get something that you like. So that way, when you when you open it, you know, you're not disappointed anymore. But uh, speaking of disappointment, to my right is Kevin Hellions. Kevin, how are you doing today? There it is. Good morning, sir. I should have just seen it coming, you know? Yeah, I did not. Yeah, Kevin, so you sound exhausted this morning. I, I am. Um, I usually don't sleep that well during the week and try to catch up on the weekends, and that just didn't happen this weekend. Is it because of us? Is that why? Because I said, hey, let's record early on a Sunday morning? And, well, I mean, that didn't help any, but, you know, having a kid that wakes up bright and early and wants to see what his favorite YouTubers have posted... That doesn't help any. Do they? Do they? Do the YouTubers have a set schedule for posting? They they might, and he might know, but usually it's just he puts on the YouTube app, goes to his subscriptions one, and sees what was posted an hour ago, a day ago, whatever it is. Anytime there's a new big game, whether like an actual big video game or just like a big app update or Roblox update or something like that, every one of them has an update all at the same time. Now, now your son's really into the, into the streamers, right? The video game streamers. So. Yeah, Roblox and Minecraft and uh, Piggy. So those come at any time because that's the way, you know, streaming works. You stream whenever. But when your son was really into Ryan's toys, mm-hmm. did he have a set schedule? Like he would say, oh, Saturday's at 8. He's releasing a new video. They do, but by the time he was into it, Ryan being the big one, but there were other ones uh fgtv hobby kids stuff like that by the time he was into it they had so many up there too that he would be discovering new ones all the time and then it'd be a, a brand brand new one and you're like oh okay this one's brand new and the only way my wife and i would know is because the kids age so fast on those things we'd just be like oh my god that kid grew like a foot and then we'd realize the two videos were you know a couple months a year apart Okay, I was always curious about that. Like, obviously, releasing the podcast, we're on a schedule, but I wasn't sure. You know, obviously, streamers they stream every day, pretty much. So, I'm not sure when their content's going out. But. I mean, the older I get, the more it helps to be regular. Yeah, 
That is that is true there, Kevin. Uh, so anyways, to the left here, the educator of excellence, a man that never disappoints. Oh, good to know. Good to know, sirs. Good morning. Hello. Uh, crazy, crazy time of the year. We're tiptoeing ever so much more closely to Christmas. It's literally right there in the distance here. It's this Friday. Have been going absolutely nuts, putting in hours at the game store uh, yesterday. Finally sold your Xbox One X that you had traded in from like two months ago. Uh, proud family, just super excited. It was in meticulous shape, still in the box. Going to be a great, great family present uh, for this Friday, I'm sure. They ended up dropping between the system, and they bought like six or seven games. It was like a $500 order. It was crazy. So, so did you did you charge more because it was my system? Uh, no, no, no. Just the regular price. I, but I mean, the, it was fine. I, it, it, easy to sell because of the fact that uh, it was fantastic gift. It was a meticulously, you know, kept in its package and everything is, you know, was all wrapped up and ready to go. I just figured you'd get the house shell bump because I owned it mm, that you no. could charge more for it. Did you oh, sign no. it though? I mean. I don't want it to. I, well, now that they, it's not in their store, of course, I, I may have rubbed some stuff on it. Mm. Oh, no, your you own your own unique certificate of authenticity. Yeah. That's right. That is right. So, guys, we are here because, like the educator said, Christmas is right around the corner. It is. I, I think I see the light at the end of the tunnel here. But I don't know about you guys. We're still in Halloween mode here. Uh, we oh, finished up the Halloween Havoc series with episode. 2000 I, I don't know if that's the not the episode number but halloween havoc 2000 and we wanted to do our wrap-up show for halloween havoc so we have some categories you guys have listened to the in your house series you know how this works uh we have some categories we're going to go over some awards you know that we give out to the wrestlers to the shows themselves and uh are you guys ready for this Oh, let's do this, man. Uh, honestly, after 2000, I'm just ready to put Halloween Havoc to bed. Yeah. It sounds like you're ready to go to bed. We got to hurry this up <laughs> yeah. so Kevin can go to bed because, yeah, Kevin, you are you going to take a nap after this? I might. I might. I'm debating it. But uh, for for listeners that uh, remember, we had a, uh, or no, the blueprint is not up yet. I'm not sure where this is going to fall, but um. My wife cannot do everything that she usually does so because she cut her finger wide open. So I have to make gingerbread dough today. Okay. Oh, God. Um, so can I offer uh, a suggestion to you, mm-hmm. Kevin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A videotape this for content, please, because <laughs> yes. I would actually pay for Patreon. <laughs> you make a dough. You just want me in an apron and nothing else. Guys, that's enough out of that. It's an image no one wants to see. We have one, two, three, four, five, six categories. Six of them, guys. So why don't we start with the bad ones first? (laughs) We're going to start with what we consider the worst match or worst segment of the Halloween Havoc series. We will start with Mr. Educator. Educator, you <laughs> took meticulous notes for every match, for every segment. So what is your Halloween Havoc worst segment? Uh, well, I mean, pretty much anything from the 2000 show would certainly scratch uh, scratch that itch there. 
Um, you know, uh, we could certainly, uh, I, I pooped all over the Mike Sanders, uh, Ernest Miller kickboxing match from the last episode. Um, there's some other ones that are super obvious, but I'm going to, uh, throw out one from way from one of the earlier episodes, even though I'm sure there are more that are much, much worse. Uh, but for a team that had such a lot of a big following uh, and was supposedly known for a lot of charisma, just a, a lot of the uh, of the you know they were one of the top teams supposedly in the earlier WCW era. Fabulous Freebirds versus the Renegade Warriors was a painfully long, awful match to sit through, and. Uh, just it just shows like going from when they were on top in nine in the nine early 1990 late 89 early 90 when Jimmy Garvin had cut been brought into the mix officially as a member of the Freebirds to now uh, this particular match Ugh. it was just a cold match not no heat between the two teams there was no real storyline and it just kept going and going and going and going and that was a very very tough sit through so for me. Um, some of the other stuff, it's just over the top, some of the corniness, uh, for anything from 2000, but I definitely would never want to sit through a Freebirds Renegade Warriors redo. <laughs> you know, that's a good point for the whole match. Cause there's, there's a lot of things that it's the, it's the ending of, or it's a good idea, but the execution falls, uh, Chamber of Horrors. It's not a bad idea, but. You know, once you get so many people in such a small area and then the switch problems for it, um, the spin the wheel, make the deal is a great idea, but I don't think either match fully uh, executed it well. And I was very, I ended up very disappointed in the Sting Jake Roberts Coal Miners Glove match. Um, Hogan and Piper, Hogan and Warrior, I get why they did it. There's a nostalgia factor, there's a scene that's like, again, excitement. But they both fell flat, and you can see Hogan and another veteran having a great, entertaining match with Hogan and Flair. So you know the possibilities were there, but you're kind of right. like, well, they're they're older, can get a pass and all. So I finally picked one, and I'm not sure because match and segment, one thing kind of flowed into another. I'm not really separating them. And uh, no, it's not the monster truck match because... While that's stupid, it's enjoyable stupid. Kind of like people have said of myself. I'm going to pick all of 2000. Yeah. It's just... I, I, was, I, I went through every pay-per-view again from the time of last episode to this. Not watching, but just let me refresh myself. Let me go back through my notes. Let me see stuff. I'm like, I got nothing for 2000. There's just so much bad. There's so many things that continue. The announcing is bad as well. Which, which puts it on a different level. That whole show is just bad. If you want to do like a, you know, mystery science theater or cringeworthy or whatever for a wrestling show, that'd be a great one to pick. There is so much to just attack. So your worst match segment is an entire pay-per-view. It's the entire pay-per-view. Because how when we I can't wait to see what wins worst pay-per-view. Because <laughs> that ruins alert. one of our comment, uh, segments, Kevin. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, 
I think you guys, obviously, educator, you put a little more thought into it. To Kevin, he's a little foggy this morning, so he just yeah copped out, took the whole pay-per-view. But I think you guys are forgetting one match. Is it on the 2000 pay-per-view? Because <laughs> so I haven't forgotten. <laughs> and I think you got a recency bias here, guys. Okay. Um, because we just watched the year 2000, and that's why, Kevin, you forgot about this match. Um, but I'm going to go all the way back to 1989, and I don't know if you guys remember this Matt Classic of the Cuban assassin taking on Wildfire Tommy Ooh. Rich. Oh, man, the, the botched finish. Yeah. That was really bad. Yeah. And what makes it even worse, and and what makes it stick out to me is, like Kevin said, you can't pick out one match or one segment from 2000 because it fit for that era. It fit for that time, right? right? Halloween Havoc 89 was all about the wrestling. It was all about pro wrestling. That's true. And yeah. this match just did not live up to that standard. Tommy Rich way past his prime. The Cuban Assassin was just the Cuban Assassin. It right. was not a good match. They didn't have chemistry. It did not flow that is my worst match of the Halloween Havoc series. I think a Cuban sandwich would have done better in the ring. Oh, with the ham? Mm-hmm. All the pickle mustard on there? little pickle? It could be a toasted sandwich. Just get that wildfire going. Sit down there for a little bit. I hate you for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we know Kevin's... Are we all going in agreement that 2000 was the worst pay-per-view? Uh, by far. No doubt. Okay, so we're, we're just going to take that category off the board. Worst pay-per-view of the Halloween Havoc series was 2000. All right. So we're going to follow up the worst match, worst segment with the most disappointing wrestler of the Halloween Havoc series. Well, actually, you know what? Why don't we follow that up with we're going to do a twofer category here. Okay. Okay? We're going to do, because mine's a twofer. We're going to do the biggest surprise. All right. Most, uh. The biggest surprise, most improved, you know, if if you followed us and, and you listened to the In Your House series, you know D'Lo Brown. I think we were all very surprised with his performance. Uh, so what I want you guys to do is who surprised you the most and then who disappointed you the most. So we're going to do a twofer here. All right. Just to kind of go hand in hand. So um, I, I, I did it a little bit different when I was going through and, and taking notes and getting ready for today. I, I did... Um, not necessarily the biggest surprise in terms of uh, talent. I did more of like uh, a segment that kind of like stood out and was like not expected at all. And it just it translated really, really well on TV. But I mean, I could pivot and go on the fly right now in terms of uh, in-ring talent. Uh, biggest surprise for me would have been uh, to me, this would be a no brainer DDP. Uh, going from the corny, over-the-top Vegas character with so many gimmicks, you know, all at once, to uh, you know being the Battle Bowl champion and having a great match with Eddie. I mean, starting with the the '95 with uh, Johnny B. Bad, and then the Eddie Guerrero match in '96, and then the Street Fight in '97, his Goldberg match in '98. Uh, just such such improvement overall and uh man i just if only he could have been i guess if there there was you know a, a, a power plant in the late 80s early 90s if there was an nxt in the late 80s early 90s that he could have been 
more of, you know, more formally trained earlier in his life. I mean, he didn't even start formally training until mid to late thirties here. He was, you know, a, a voice in AWA as a, as a manager and so on. So, uh, but he f- f- did phenomenal uh, with what limited time that he had left towards the end of his career. Uh, the, for my disappointing, this might actually come as probably a, like, wow, this is kind of a shock or you weren't expecting this. Um, for the duration of time he was in the company and the, the, the matches that he actually had on the shows, Alex Wright, Berlin, I would say would be my most disappointing given the fact that he was signed in 94 and didn't make an appearance in 94, 95 or 96 pay-per-view 97. He had the, the match with Steve McMichael and was just basically an extra and afterthought in that match. It was more of the Deborah McMichael storyline against Steve McMichael and the Goldberg run in and all that stuff. Uh, 98, didn't exist. 99, he has a transformation to a new character, to Berlin, and ends up losing to to Brad Armstrong. I just, the booking on that just didn't make sense. And then he's back to being the dancing Das Wunder kid with uh, Disco and as a part of the Boogie Nights tag team and that debacle of the whole 2000 pay-per-view. Given, I mean, the kid's size just the lankiness, his build. I just wish he could have been a lot more productive in his, in his run with professional wrestling. And unfortunately it didn't really amount to too, too much. What was your, you said that you did have a surprise match segment there and you switched gears. Oh, uh, the, a segment, the year. The, I don't you know. Said, what, I no, can't no, remember you the... said, no, you said you, you weren't going to pick a a wrestler. An actual wrestler? A, um, that you were going to oh, pick a, a match or something there. Yeah. You said no, you it was gears. a segment. Okay. Oh, the biggest surprise to me was the uh, the Tony Schiavone Haunted Mansion <laughs> segment <laughs> intro. That Good was call. phenomenal. I love that. Um, and uh, for dis- uh, disappointment, it, I guess, you know, because I looked at it as biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. For me, the, the disappointment would be the whole WCW creative and just slowly taking more and more away from the Halloween themed gimmick of the show to like the last two years. It was just a glorified Monday Nitro pay-per-view. That's oh. all that it was. That's where I'm at. DDP, I guess, would be the biggest surprise in ring talent. And most disappointing would be Alex Wright Berlin. My most surprising slash improved uh, wrestler here, I got to agree with DDP. He match he had was against someone different really like eddie guerrero is not randy savage is not goldberg is not flair but every match was entertaining i enjoyed every match different levels of course some were you know top five contenders and some were just it was good it was there but it was good but you look at the neon day glow crazy gear that he had down to jeans stripped down gimmick and it's all true as well like I, I loved every bit of the stuff he did for it um biggest surprise for a match we had a nasty boys match in top five i did not expect that when we started and the a match that we love 
to champion like no that match deserves to be in top five i would not have guessed that in a million years when we started halloween havoc the nasty boys would be like in in one of our favorite matches and i still love that match i'd watch it again right now biggest disappointment and i i actually thought educator was going here when he was saying for the amount of time for the experience for stuff like that but especially when you consider our top five rankings along the entirety of the in your house series my biggest disappointment here is bret hart like i know a lot happened in his life and his career and everything i know he's just not he wasn't the same anymore and he was also booked terribly but i should have we should have had a bret hart match in the top five because he's bret hart and I never once considered one for even, you know, I threw the line out there like, oh, I want to put in top five, but maybe best of. I didn't like any Bret Hart work in WCW Halloween Havoc series. Well, he only had two like matches. He had a sting match and the the total package Lex Luger match. I mean, right, but you exactly. would expect that the, the, the one with sting you would think would have been phenomenal. I mean, Luger. You know, there was a whole storyline with the ankle injury, and they—I mean—they did as best as they could with it. Um, yeah, I, I guess I kind of see it, just knowing the fanfare and the experience that Brett had, and and how well uh, he did in WWE. You're, yeah, I get it. I totally see it now. And and it was matches against Luger and Sting. It's not like he had a match against I don't know Lash Larue. You know. <laughs> Like it was guys that he should have had Steve, good matches. Steve with. McMichael, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny when you look back and you think, oh, this is going to be good. You know, like when we we fly blind when we go into these cards, and then you know we look at the card and it's like, oh, this could be really good. This could be really good, and then it's not. You know, so on paper, you know, Sting, you know, Bret Hart should have been a bigger deal than what it was. It should have been a battle of two generational superstars, and it was just an afterthought and was serviceable, but wasn't good. It wasn't something you would think would live up to the standard. So, Okay, so my biggest surprise as far as wrestler talent goes, I would have to say, is 1989... To 1992, 91, Lex Luger. Early Lex Luger was fantastic to watch. I didn't realize he he had it. He had everything about it. He was good in the ring. His matches were good. I loved the Luger on Simmons Three Falls match. I thought that was excellent. Just enjoyed everything. Really surprised on that because I was so used to tainted Lex Luger. WWF Lex Luger, if you will. My biggest appointment is post WWF Lex Luger <laughs> because I yeah I, I was so surprised at how well Luger was, and I don't know. Obviously, something with the WWF run changed him when he jumped companies and then and then came back to WCW. He was he. He wasn't the same. It's like he slowed down or he forgot how athletic he was. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of brought up on the, the last show about Scott Steiner. And the bigger Scott Steiner got, 
the worse in the ring he got. He became right. just a purely body guy, forgetting about the actual in-ring ability. And I feel like that's what happened with... And not that Luger wasn't... I mean, Luger's always looked the same, too. That's the crazy thing. I mean, he he goes through moments where he looks more cut and his hair looks better. But besides that, I mean, he's the same person. So, yeah, biggest surprise was Lex Luger. Most disappointing, definitely Lex Luger. So let me ask you this. Let me just show this out there. You're saying pre-WWF versus post-WWF run. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it was the WWF run or... Do you think maybe the the motorcycle accident and the injury, and maybe he had to just completely modify and change his working style to deal with that? I think it's a combination of both. I think obviously when you go through an accident, when you have the 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 motorcycle accident, um, that's going to change you. I mean, it's just it just is. Even if you don't think it's going to, in the back of your mind, you're always going to be thinking, "Did I hurt my?" Am I going to hurt myself on this? Am I indestructible? You know, yada, yada, yada. I also think, too, the WWF run hurt his confidence because they gave him everything in the world and he couldn't get over. He he did not connect with the fans. Yep. Wh- whatever the issue is, whether that's WWF booking. I mean, WWF isn't really known for how they book their uh, their their faces. They They just can't do it. Austin got over despite of everything. Like right. he wasn't supposed to be the guy. So I, I feel like, you know, physically it was the, the motorcycle accident accident, but mentally it was the fact that he couldn't get over right. WWF. And then when he goes back to WCW, you know, they feed him, he comes out on nitro, yada, yada, yada. And there was, he saw a, a, a ceiling now that wasn't there previously. Right. You know, his return, it was more of the shock value that he had jumped ship and he was riding that for a bit. And then once that all wore off, then they're like, oh, we got to change him heel with Dungeon of Doom and Jimmy Hart. And then him being a tweener back and forth, friends with Sting, not friends with Sting, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I got it. I'm just, I, I have a later point for him, but we'll wait for that category. Okay. We're getting down, guys, down to the nitty gritty here. All right, so let's move on. Uh, we, we teased it on the last show, of course. Why don't we get right into our top matches and top pay-per-views, and then we will finish up with Mr. or Mrs. Halloween Havoc. Um, so let's go with top pay-per-views. I think we're all in agreement that the worst pay-per-view we watched was 2000. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Wasn't even close. Not even well, was it even close? But let's see if there is a little um, dissension with our top pay-per-views. Okay, so as our official house show, haunted house show rankings, the top five is number five, 1989, number four, 1990, number three, 1991, our number two pay-per-view was 97, and the number one was 96. So, educator. How much does your personal top three differentiate from this? Does it at all, really? It does not at all. Um, I The height of WCW was uh, 96, 97, early, early 98. Um, but my, my top three are our top three overall, the 96 show, 97, and then the 91 falling, falling in at three. 
there's not much more to say overall in terms of match quality, entertainment value, the booking. Um, it, it, they were of everything that was presented that we've gone over. Those were the, the shows that stood out to me as as best overall. All right, Kevin Hellions, what about you? Do you have a do you differentiate really from the top, uh, you know, the top uh, th- five we have from from top five? No, I have once because uh, mine is by year. I'm not doing, you know, like uh, this is my number one, no matter what. Uh, I have one asterisk. Uh, 1993 for what was presented was good, but that was my shame pay-per-view. Um, it was edited. It was only the two hours. What was on the two hours was good, but when you look at the matches that were cut, you're like, oh, Jesus, would probably rank a lot worse. Um, looking back at what Vader versus Cactus was versus what I wanted it to be, it's a fine match. It's an enjoyable match for what it was. Uh, Dustin Austin is on that pay-per-view as well, which I liked. But my top three overall, and I'm just doing by year, not by ranking, is 1990, 96, and 97. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement. I think 96 and 97 are probably the top two pay-per-views. And then you can argue that third one, you know, pick something from here. I liked the main event of this one. I liked that one. Uh, Yeah, 1997, you really can't go wrong with 97, except that main event is not good. (laughs) No, there's there's not a perfect show on here. There's not a show where you're like, oh, it all hits or it builds and it builds and then it crescendos it. There just isn't there isn't a solid two forty five, three hours of pay-per-view in any one of these shows. I mean, there's good stuff, but nothing that you have to watch from start to back. Yeah, there, there is no Canadian stampede. I would say like 96 probably has the best overall score. There's not a five star, but there's a lot of three and fours that the overall ranking would probably be good. Whereas 97 has, you know, some that'd be like a zero or a one. So even though we got two matches we'd love on there, it, the overall average would be lower. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So why don't we move on then? Let's go right into our top matches. Of course, the Haunted House Show's top five matches for the Halloween Havoc series are from 1997 DDP taking on the Macho Man in the Las Vegas Street Fight. At number four, from 1998 in the main event, DDP taking on Goldberg for the WCW title. If you got to see that, congratulations. At number three, is Hogan versus Flair inside the steel cage at 1994's Halloween Havoc. At number two, is the Nasty Boys taking on their Steiner brothers in 1990's Halloween Havoc. And our number one Halloween Havoc, probably no surprise to a lot of people out there, is 1997's Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Eddie Guerrero. Shocking that it's number one, seeing Kevin Hellions hated that match. We're missing my larger (laughs) point. And that point was... Yeah, so, Kevin, because you hated that match, what is your personal top... Let's do top three. What is your personal top three matches for the Halloween Havoc series? Okay. So I also have Diamond Dale's Page versus Randy Savage on there. I brought back into my top three, got bumped out of our top five, but I still have uh, Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio from 96. Really, like really that like match. that it's a match. Good match. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's like an earworm. It's like a bug. I just can't get it 
out of my head. It's like Kylie Minogue. But I've gone back to it again, and I'm like, there's just something here. Eddie Ray. I, I've gone back and watched that match again since we've last talked about it. And I, I'm just like watching every move and the way they go through stuff and all. I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what my reaction was initially. I don't know why it's changing. I don't know why I can't, you know, stop going back to it. <clears throat> there was, a, for an example, there was a shoot interview years and years ago. Uh, CM Punk and Samoa Joe sat down and talked about the Ring of Honor stuff. And they said when Ricky Steamboat was an agent. Good morning, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Declan just woke up. <laughs> so when, uh, go back. Years ago, there was a shoot interview with CM Punk and Samoa Joe, and they were talking about their Ring of Honor time. So Ricky Steamboat was an agent or helping out or whatever there. And he came up to them. He said, guys, here's my idea for ending for your match tonight. And they both separately were like, that's stupid. We're not doing that. Walk around backstage, you know, loosening up, warming up and all. Came back to each other a few, you know, moments later on. Go, damn, that's brilliant. That's a great ending. We got to do that. So I feel like going in, the initial thing for the match, I'm like, eh, no, I don't know. This isn't working for me. But then the more and more I think about it, I'm like, no, no, it's good. There's there's so much here. <laughs> You're Everyone else is absolutely right, and I am wrong here. And I need to go through again to to wash the sins away of doubting the match. It's kind of funny that the person that wasn't the highest on the match has watched it the most. Yeah. Right. I might do it. I might do it again this week now. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me. Uh, educator, what are your top what are your top three and why is Nasty Steiners number one? Uh Nasty Steiners is uh number two, actually, in mine. I, I'm sticking with Eddie Eddie and Rey Mysterio. Uh just the storyline, the the idea, the shocking idea of Eddie trying to shred the mask open and, and expose Ray's face. Um, that that was intriguing to me uh, as a high schooler back in 97. Actually, this may have been my freshman year now that I think about it in college and just knowing the, the importance of the mask and the, in the Lucha Libre history and Eddie trying to expose Ray's face. Uh, hey, educator, you know what would be two. great, though, is if in 2000 we just have Ray Mysterio wrestle without the mask. So who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, or 99, you know, be on TV. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I just, the chemistry between the two, uh, that the, the one move of the match is that springboard to the top rope and Ray doing the backflip into the DDT, the spike DDT onto, onto Eddie, uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal timing, uh, the flawless motion in, in the movement. It was just such a great spot in that match. Um, Steiner's nasty boys. Uh, I don't know what it was uh, just about that particular that match itself. The fact that they just all four guys just let it all out there, then potatoing each other, uh, not caring the stiffness of the moves, the I, the ring canvas just being the reddish color and it's just standing out as a such a different presentation. We're so used to the you know the light blue ring canvas and so on. Um, it's just such a good match and, and just the spots uh, uh, the, with the Steiners, uh, just, it was so good. Scott Steiner, so underrated back in 1990. 
uh, for what he was just capable of doing. You know, they originally had, you know, just said that, you know, Rick was going to be the star of the team and just, oh, my gosh, Scott Steiner was fantastic then. Um, and for me, uh, I'm pivoting. Uh, we did have a, this match. It was a part of our top five for a while, but eventually some future matches did slide it out. But for the inception of the show and the gimmick of the cage, the, the Thunderdome tag between Flair and Sting against Muda and Funk, I, I just, going back at it again and looking at it, I just, it, it was a great concept, a great idea, and uh, tried to further along, if not almost end the whole storyline feud between Flair and Terry Funk and continuing Sting and Muda's feud as well. Um, I, I actually, I like that. The corniness of Muda uh, spraying the uh, the fire that was, uh, you know, using his mist to spray out the fire, that was kind of goofy, unplanned, but, you know, he took advantage of that particular moment. But, yeah, I, 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 I like that match as well, so... I'm, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the street fight between DDP and Macho Man. Uh, very much enjoyed what Kevin Hellions had mentioned with Ray and uh, Dean Malenko for that cruiserweight title match. But just for the nostalgia of the whole point of the the Halloween Havoc theme in the in the Thunderdome cage, I, I really like that particular tag as well. Wow, kind of shocked that that makes it, and uh, you're that high on it. So it is. It is fun to to watch, uh, uh, but I did not expect that. So, Kevin, did you expect that? I mean, not at all. It's uh, our, our rankings of a good wrestling match versus good sports entertainment match <laughs> always show up, and I really expected Educator to go more all wrestling. Yeah, he loves those potatoes. All right, so my top three guys. And number three, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. You got to have that match in your top three when you're talking Halloween Havocs. It is a great match. I think the reason maybe Kevin um, was not sold on it at first is it's it it was so ahead of its time. We see this kind of match where they're trying to rip the mask and doing everything's now. We see that play out in storylines now, but at the time that was like a first of its kind, especially in the mainstream. So I'm thinking that's why Kevin for you. Number two for me is a world title match. It is DDP versus Goldberg. Uh, this is the best Goldberg match I've ever seen in my life. I was shocked at how good it was. I, I, at the time, I don't remember it. I think because of the way the pay-per-view ended and the match got cut off, then you had to watch the match on Nitro the next night. I'm going to guess that is probably why this kind of match slipped through my periphery. So... We're going to have that at number two. And number one, the best match of the Halloween Havoc series. The most entertaining match of the Halloween Havoc series. 1994's main event in the steel cage, Hogan versus Flair. This is sports entertainment at its best. This is so friggin' good. It's Hogan doing Hogan things. Flair doing Flair things. This match is carried by Flair in his selling it is so friggin' fantastic. You can put this on and just en turn your brain off, enjoy it, love every second of it. That is what professional wrestling is. Sherry coming off the cage, Mr. T getting handcuffed to the bottom rope, but still able to make the pinfall count. It's crazy. 
wrestling is a over the top performance and this right. is all of that in one it, this it really is i mean what it lacks in in ring work rate it makes up for in entertainment and charisma and a hot crowd and just everything everything else it is i was shocked by how much i loved this match it it's just so good plus it had a different feel it felt like a big deal what you're forgetting though in our halloween havoc history is that if wrestling isn't over the top performance then you get disqualified what do you mean so over the top rope it's qualification uh, not a good joke Kevin. all right guys it is time for the last category of the haunted house show and then we're burning this bridge we were never coming back to the halloween havoc never series again. Never again. It is Mr. or Mrs. Halloween Havoc. Uh, You know what, guys? I'm going to go first. All right. I have two. I have co-champions for the Halloween Havoc series. Okay? One is DDP. DDP was fantastic. To watch his evolution. To This is so much different than when we were doing the In Your House. Because it was a year-to-year thing where you got to see the year-to-year growth. And to watch DDP grow from what he was to having a top five, top three, whatever you want to call it, match with Goldberg. And having it be good. To carry Goldberg. To be from that guy with all the gimmicks. You have to mention him in this just gave me a new appreciation for him and uh, for his career. Uh, was upset that we didn't see him in 2000. Was hoping that he would be there, but what can you do? Uh, DDP and his co-champion is Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone <laughs> made everything better. By the yeah. end of it, you could tell he was trying to hold together uh, Mark Madden and Stevie Ray. His little digs and comments about... Oh, Luger's turning again. This sort of thing mm-hmm. was right. just saying what is on the minds of w- what I was thinking as this is going on. Uh, you know, and he had fun with it too. Uh, you know, we talked about Mrs. Shivani's cookies earlier. Or did we talk about Mrs. Right. Shivani's cookies? We should. Um, you know, the intro. It, he was yeah. a constant there. You know, I, I was thinking right. obviously your big names like Sting and stuff like that are also part of it, but. Shivani was just a constant, and once we settled in on Shivani, Bobby the Brain. I mean, think about how many people he worked with as well. I know over over yeah. the course of the Halloween Havoc series, uh, Tony Shivani and DDP are my co-champions for Mister Halloween Havoc. Uh, you know, like you were saying at the end there, two thousand, given prep to the performance and the booking of the show, he's still doing it today. What was it he said said on? Uh... The the AEW sponsored segment on Impact. I worked for TNA for one week and then I walked away from wrestling for eighteen years. For eighteen because, years, yeah. Oh, he's still doing it. It's fantastic. Yeah, the the Shivani Renaissance that's happening in in twenty uh twenty 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 nineteen twenty twenty has been fantastic. So, uh, uh, educator, why don't you go ahead with your Mister or Mrs. Halloween Havoc? Well, I my pick. I decided to kind of go along with the whole. Halloween Havoc theme and the whole spookiness, the, the, the gimmick itself. And I, to me, I just went with the mainstay of WCW and the, the reincarnation of the character and that we've saw. And I, I went with sting, uh, just the consistency of him from 
from the inception of the show in 89 until the 2000 show. And literally we saw all the incarnations of, of his character, but going from what was an under guy, uh, TV title guy back in 89 tagging with flair to now, you know, his world championship run in 90 with Sid, and then his U S title matches that he had and then the whole big shift with the NWO and the Crow gimmick and, and so on. And then his feud with Bret Hart. Um, even his heel run uh, towards the end with 89 or with 99 and so on. I just, the consistency was there. Whoever he worked with, he, he brought the best out of them to, for the most part. There wasn't really too, too many duds that I would say that were his, but his bad, his fault kind of deal. Um, I, I appreciated everything that Sting brought to the table for each of his matches for the years that he was featured. So for me, I, I would say Sting. All these very good points. <clears throat> Can't disagree with it at all. I just had, I went a different way with it. But my overall Mr. Halloween Havoc is Lex Luger. For the early ones, ridiculously impressed. I did not expect you know because we kept saying like we keep putting him into the like top five ones of the night is he better than we thought like he is he's just flat out better than i remember better than i thought better than i expected going into it i was enjoying every match he was in in the earlier run so as much as i enjoyed him i'll flat out say as a wrestler not as a sports entertainer for that initial bout which he's just you know big dude blonde hair i would have not called him a wrestler at that point i'm wrong I love the absurdity of his later years. I love him joining the Dungeon of Doom and running out and breaking up the devil bear hug from Giant and Yeti. I love Total Package. It's just so over-the-top ridiculous. And I loved him coming out during the David Flair buff Bagwell match and how many times will he turn. He became just the... Uh, and anything he was in... It was either a good wrestling match or it was so absurd. It's just enjoyable. Would you say that accompanies um, that encapsulates Halloween Havoc to a T, though? It starts off as this pro wrestling different match and then just goes more and more absurd. And then by the end, it's just twist and turn. I mean, he is in that sense. He is Halloween Havoc. He twists and turns every year. Yeah. And that's why for me, I said it was so surprising early and then just so disappointing by the end. Right, right. All right, guys, that is going to do it for our Halloween Havoc series. We're putting a, putting a pin in it, guys. We are done. Congratulations. I want to thank you, too. We did it, man. For helping myself and the listeners go on this journey of rewatching all of the Halloween Havocs. Of course, on Thursday, the Gingerbread House Show takes over. Santa with Muscles. We're watching it. We're covering it. Uh, it should be a fun Christmas episode for you guys. And then, of course, we have the Blooper Show the week after that. And then we start our new season. And this season is Saturday night's main event. The House Show is bringing Saturday night to Thursday mornings. Uh, looking very forward for 2021 and for what that has, you know, uh, in store for us. So, Educator, anything you want to say to the people out there? Want to say happy holidays to everybody. 
Uh, tune into our show this Thursday, Christmas Eve, or whenever you have the free time with uh, the hustle and the bustle of the holidays. Have a safe holiday season, a wonderful new year, and look forward to you guys joining us again in 2021 when we start the next chapter of our show with Saturday night's main event. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you to everyone uh, for joining us on this journey. Of course, thank you to The Educator for breaking every match down. Thank you to Kevin for adding such witty banter in between. Uh, Thank you to the Retro Network. Uh, You can always follow me on Twitter at Treats. Hopefully you got all of your Christmas shopping done. Everything is wrapped up. And if not, on Thursday, when it's the last second, put our show on. Listen uh, to us while you're finishing up those gift wrapping. And uh, just hopefully you have a safe and enjoyable holiday. Now, Kevin Helliams, take us home. All right. Thank you guys for another good show. And uh, I cannot wait for Sandwich Muscles. I'm sure our listeners can't wait either. Thank you to Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you, WWE Network, for the content. You can follow us across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow me at Mass Library. MassLibrary.com is the home blog. You can follow Matt at Medi Treats. Thank you to Richard Reader and Jason Gross for our logo. And you know what? Today, thank you to all the fans for not only the Halloween Havoc series, but then your house series and what's coming up next here. We are glad that you chose to spun the spin the wheel and make the deal with us. You had 13 weeks and that's what you came up with as your <laughs> sign off. Bong! We we are giving you a big old double bear hug. I'm surprised you didn't say your your Mrs. Halloween Havoc was Shotzi Black. <laughs> baited. baited. No, you you baited something, that's for sure. Mhm. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.